Red Review here with Old Colony Pest Control. If you're having pest problems in a commercial or residential setting, we're the people to call. Veteran-owned, based in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, Old Colony has been here servicing your homes proudly, and we plan to keep it up. Our team is fast, efficient, and reliable. We go above and beyond to cater each project's individual need. No task is too much for us, so give us a call. 774 400 5993. Again, the number is 774-400-5993. Hope to hear from you soon. General Red Review, out. wished for these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable, communities closer, where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small, and the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins. What I got to do. Hey. This one feel good, don't you agree? Similar to the girl interrupted to an adult trying to make something from nothing, get it to live.
What up, everybody? Kevin Jackson here. If you feel the need and you want to get in touch with the hot topics from today's headlines, you got to check out The Booth with Keith. Send us the one, Hayes. Tell him Kevin Jackson sent you. Crazy to pull your gun on me. You're gonna be the nine toe having his limp in this bitch in Harlem. You don't stop fucking with me. Now put the razor away. Well, go ahead. Shoot, here it is. There it is. Shoot. Quick, go ahead. Take your best shot. Your boy Sinister Storm broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth. And of course, we have I have computer issues the night that we come back, 2023. And it looks like that I might still be going out choppy. For some reason, I've got something going on. And I'm going choppy tonight. And these guys are here with me. Um, let me get my notes up here. I gotta thank my sponsors, Michael Douglas Bredo Electronics. If you need a control fix, make sure to check him out. Beyond Reese music available now everywhere. Tactical target systems is where I get my zombie targets. Also, I love bostonsports.com and old colony pest control. And it looks like, yeah, it looks like I'm choppy. I have absolutely no idea what is going on here. People tonight with the show, of course, I'm, if I seem like I'm pissed off, I'm pissed off. Tested everything all week long, no issues, and now my everything's slow and choppy. Um, but I want to get into thanking everybody. We're back from the holidays. We're here tonight. Um, as you guys might guess, we're up in the corner. Say hello, guys. Hello. It's good hello. to see everyone. Happy New happy Year. New year. Uh, happy and safe New Year. And we're here tonight. As you guys see the new background. Brockton Beer Company is part of my logos now for the introduction of the show and the backgrounds. And like I said, I'm a little upset tonight. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, this is just 2023 out of the gates has just been horrible right out the gates. Um, first of all, I got to talk about Barbara Walters. Rest in peace. 93 years old. She passed away. Bostonian. Got to mention her. We're here in the media. We love her. Um, she passed away 93 years old, and she is a major, major staple to the media. 
outlet. Um, she started here in Boston and then moved away and became national. She's also responsible for the show The View is what she started. She did some of the most hardcore interviews over the years. Didn't she interview some terrorists back in the day? Did she not interview Ayatollah, Barbara Walters? She's she's interviewed a lot of controversial people. She doesn't shy away from that. I thought I, I think that was one that was the one of the most impressive ones I think I remember her doing. Um, but again, my guys are on with me first Tuesdays. Uh, rest in peace to Barbara Walters. Also, rest in peace to Brockton police officer Steve Basarek, twenty-four year veteran, forty-eight years old, and um, rest in peace to Pope Benedict, uh, ninety-five years old, very controversial person. When you talk about Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict is the Benedict who was the leader of the Vatican when they covered up all of the sexual assault charges. He's the guy that called for Boston Cardinal Law to be scooped up in the middle of the night and be swept back to the Vatican in what I call was the most Pope gangster <laughs> move of legal history. Um, I remember me and Ken, we talked about this when we were on WXBR. And I remember, Ken, yeah. you, had made a, you had made a comment about how gangster of a move this was because he was due, Boston Cardinal Law oh, yeah. was due for questioning in front of Boston courts. And it was like 2, 3 in the morning, they came, and he was off to the Vatican. And yeah. I remember I asked you, is there anybody that's going to have the balls to go to the Vatican and extradite them? I'll let you answer that because it was great when you, you – talked about this about career suicides and things of that sort yeah no there's nobody in boston and even in massachusetts who's not the freaking balls to go to vatican city and try to ex extradite a cardinal of the roman catholic church who's being protected by the pope not now not ever and <laughs> ain't gonna happen I mean, I wish i would like to meet the politician and maybe maura haley maybe if maura haley had been ag at the time would have been a different story since she doesn't have any balls anyway. So I remember you said you would buy that person. I remember you said whoever had the balls to do it, you'd have bought that person lunch forever. That's right. I said, whoever that was, whoever that was, lunch is on me forever. <laughs> um, big farmer exec Gigi Jordan, if you guys remember Gigi Jordan, she's the one that was found guilty uh, for murdering her eight-year-old artistic stunt son for stuffing meds down his throat, and he died. Um, she was found dead in her New York City home of an apparent suicide. And also, as we get into the legal booth, former Stoughton police officers were named in the lawsuit connection with the suicide of Sandra Birchmore. For those who didn't hear this story, Sandra Birchmore is the 13-year-old girl who was uh, in a program. Um, she linked up with another police officer. And then from now, from that time until she was 24, it was this officer and two other officers who were sexually assaulting her, and uh, she ended up pregnant, and she committed suicide. So there is a humongous, humongous lawsuit um, involved. Also, Satanic Temple, they have a convention coming here in 2023, this year, and everybody's pissed off. They're all upset. Why? The Christians are all upset because SatanCon is happening in Salem on 2023. Now, we talked about this on this show. We talked about this on the show. And guess what, Christians? The hypocrisy and the upset people that are out there, you have no one else but yourselves to blame. Why? Because it was you guys who went down to City Hall who were all upset because you couldn't fly your flag and Boston was trying to keep a separation of church and state. You guys took it all the way to Mass Supreme Court, and guess what? You won. You won for the right to fly your flag at City Hall. But what did we say on this show? You set precedent. And what that does, it allows every other religion to now be able to host their events and host their flag. And Satan came in here and they have their event. And I know Ken, from a legal perspective, must be... <laughs> Look, I see the chuckle on your face. <laughs> we had this look. We had this conversation, and Rob and I both said the same thing. 
we're all waiting till the Church of Satan shows up and wants to hold something in a school or a public public uh, venue. Well, you know, the Chinese have an old saying. If you sit on the riverbank long enough, you'll see the bodies of your enemies float by. That's all I've got to say. You know, I would say this. You know, we, we've discussed a lot about different, you know, liberty issues and, and Bill of Rights and stuff like that. It comes up a lot on the show in various ways. And the one thing that, that I always like to add, as, mu as much as I'm a huge proponent, that on both sides, you know, uh, of the law and all that, but... With freedom comes responsibility. You, know, you want all the freedoms, now we have to use them responsibly. And that means understanding that there are some legitimate interests out there that we have to not you know, necessarily do away with any kind of freedom right now is, you know, if you really want to be out there or to more controversial, less popular people, who are going to walk through the very same door that you forced open. And so, you know, sometimes we need to be responsible about the way we want to exercise our freedoms, you know, with our freedom of speech and, and that type of thing. There, there's a lot of responsibility that we often forget. And, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny myself. I thought it was hypocritical of them to be upset at the whole issue. And I said, you know, I, I, said to someone, I'm like, well, you know, if you guys hadn't done what you did, this would not have went down the way that it went down. And that's that's exactly how it went down. We, we kind of called it. Uh, moving on in there. Um, also, people, 2023 brings $15 minimum wage across the board. Here's the thing, people. I, I know people are saying that businesses were crying and struggling about this $15 minimum wage. Here's the thing, people. These businesses are lying to you. The $15 minimum wage, they got a grandioso deal. The only reason why businesses were so happy to, to break this down over five years and make the Massachusetts minimum wage $15 across the board as of January 1st of this year is because they allowed Baker to push through the grand bargain law. What the grand bargain law did that was enacted in 2018 is is that it has now removed extra pay for holidays and extra pay for Sundays. So businesses that are non-union and non-negotiated don't have to pay extra for Sundays working, and they don't have to pay extra for working holidays. So if you work a job that's non-union and they used to pay you for working holidays, they don't have to pay no more. It's no longer a law. So in other words, if you get stuck working July 4th, you're not getting paid an extra day. It's just a regular day. And guess what? That's going to offset the $15 an hour that everybody's paying minimum wage. So you give something to get something. And um, that's, that's kind of how it goes, people. Um, man sentenced to 120 hours of community service after hearing his wife have an affair with a co-worker at home over a baby monitor. Um, I, I got to talk to Ken on this one and ask, how did this go down? You know, you have to get, you, yet, of course, this guy's at work. He's monitoring the baby monitor. His wife's having an affair with a co-worker, with a co-worker. And he's sentenced to 120 hours of community service after he ran home with a knife and threatened the co-worker. Isn't there some type of thing I thought that if you're married and isn't there some type of act I thought that covers, not covers you, but I mean, kind of that in the moment type thing there. I what you're talking right. about, there's a, you are partially correct. I think what you, I think what you're referring to is an affirmative defense mm -hmm. of Temp, uh, not not temporary insanity, but you're under the influence of an exciting event, which means you did not weren't able to um, form the requisite mens rea of a specific intent crime. And I do apologize for getting into the weeds, but let me explain the difference between a specific intent crime and a general intent crime. 
A specific intent requirement requires two part two parts. One, the the mental formation that I want to do the act and the actual act itself. Like for example, if I were to think about it, that I was so pissed off at Rob over here that I'm going to come out down there and I'm going to take his dog Daisy. And I'm going to cut her up and feed her to my shark, feed her the sharks, because he and I have an argument. I have formed the specific intent of a crime, mainly a threat. I thought about it and I actually threatened. To hurt Rob's dog, okay? Because two, there's two parts of it. There's specific intent. There's a mens rea, the mental component saying, I thought about something to do something, and the act actually did it. Then there were called general intent crimes. There are simply they're, they're simply actions. Like for example, a lot of your negligence crimes are covered by this. Mm -hmm. Drunk driving is a prime example. I don't need to intend to get drunk. The mere fact that I was operating a motor vehicle on a public way in in Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And I had a BAC of 0.08 or above. There's presumption that I'm drunk driving. I don't, didn't know if I meet, meant to or not. That comes up a lot when people use cough syrup. When people don't realize that cough syrup has a great deal of alcohol in it. You can get drunk right. by consuming cough syrup. Now, I'm sure if someone is walking around and they're getting behind the wheel of a car after taking a couple of spoonfuls of cough syrup, they didn't mean to do that. They didn't think. That's a different. What we're dealing here with is this gentleman was under the influence of an exciting event. So they're saying is he didn't have the mens rea to a specific intent crime. They can still be charged with assault, but a lower a lower degree of it, as opposed to assault with intent to commit murder, because he didn't form mens rea to do that. Mm -hmm. He still could have gotten a jail sentence. Don't misunderstand me. Even a simple assault in Massachusetts carries up to two years in the house of correction. It's just not a mandatory man. It's not a minimum mandatory, and it probably wasn't indicted. So we had to deal with the fact is they were given a lot, a lot of leeway in the sentencing and the charging of the crime because they chose to charge him the lesser offense as opposed to the more, uh, a, a, the more serious ones, say attempted murder or assault with intent to commit murder. So that's where they get get around that. I think giving him pretty serious. Maybe have been very generous, but again, I'm not familiar with all the facts and circumstances of the case. From what I understand, and granted, I wasn't there, and I haven't seen the police report. There appears to be that he didn't actually—he actually had a knife, but he actually didn't put it against the person's neck or something like. He basically had it in his hand, but was not directly threatening anyone with the knife, as opposed to a crime where someone actually takes a knife and presses against someone's neck, or you know, is pointing at them in a menacing manner. Again, I have not read the police report. I've not talked to any witnesses. and I don't want to pass judgment on something I have not specifically reviewed. I yell at cops like that all the time. Right. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, we teach this in my criminal law classes all the time. Obviously, oh, okay. you know, Ken went into a pretty detailed uh, explanation. And, and certainly when uh, the law recognizes this condition that a human being in our in our infallibility a human being can experience such an intense uh emotional response to something <laughs> that it negates our ability to control ourselves uh where normally the law assumes we're all in control of ourselves even though clearly there are plenty of examples where people are impulsive and what have you but in an extreme situation like that the law recognizes that there are certain extreme situations where we do lose control. We're supposed to know better, but it happens. And so there are very, very narrow uh, uh, applications to that exception. And usually it's in a murder case, you know, where you don't have first degree, you would have a second degree case or something. I don't want to repeat what Ken was saying, but that's kind of how it works. That being said, uh, in this particular case, while he didn't have the specific intent, necessarily to murder the person i don't know yeah. that's for the prosecution to decide right as someone who was involved in thousands of charging decisions in my career i i you know without knowing the facts as ken said it's very difficult to talk about a case when you don't have all the facts i i would challenge this decision in a heartbeat i think they undercharged the case and i think the sentence is a joke really if you brandish a knife, I don't care if you don't put it to somebody's throat. Once you brandish the knife, that's an aggravated assault, an aggravated battery. You know, not specific intent to try to kill somebody necessarily or to cause grievous bodily harm, which would be aggravated assault with intent. But based on the statute, there must be an assault 
other, you know, above simple assault without the, uh, we're going to get into law geek stuff here. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, there, there has to be a, a, a higher level of assault that doesn't require the specific intent. And that is because a knife was used. And I think, you know, that this, well, this is the wrong answer. There is, they could have charged him with assault with the intent to cause serious bodily harm or that specific intent though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's not aggravated assault because the person wasn't over 60 or pregnant. No, but an, an aggravated yeah. assault without the intent to cause right. whatever you would call it in the Massachusetts code. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the terminology, but there is an offense between the two. I'm staying out of it. Spot on. I'm talking about the prosecution. I disagree. Yeah. With. I think no, there cowardice. is an offense. They could have charged him with both simple assault. And I can't think of it. Um, it, it, it's a general intent, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, and I'm embarrassing myself. Uh, I should, because I should know this. But I've defended cases like that, where the you know they didn't that uh, the person was reckless, but not intentional. Um, usually deals with people who are under the influence of alcohol or drugs that they should you know, and then get into a bar fight. How often do we see these types of cases, Ken? You see a lot of them involving people. A lot of times you see this with people who have consumed alcohol or drugs and get into bar fights. You see there's mm -hmm. a lot of that. You know, they get, they get, or at athletic events, believe it or not. We call it the hockey dad syndrome. <laughs> the hockey dad said that that's a riot. That's good discussion. I I, I thought this one was going to get me some questions from you guys and some good information. So I'm glad to do that. Um, also in the legal booth, what's up, guys? I see everybody in the chat. Uh, DJ Bobby Boom, Vian Marie, what's up? The Dougie Show. Dougie's in the chat. Um, also in the legal booth, uh, Trump's tax returns have been released. No surprises. Paid the minimum of minimums. Um, and while everybody thinks he's this great guy and he's working for the best for the Americans, he's not. This proves he's not. This proves that he's in this. He was in this to make money and get the most out of the government. And as Rob pointed out weeks ago on this show about the dealings that his kids were doing with all these leaders and stuff, that came up in the release of these tax releases because they talked about how he wrote these certain things off as losses. And to be honest, when Trump got elected, the first thing we talked about in this show was the fact that he needs to take his name off the Trump business, off of Trump enterprises, so he doesn't get himself into this issue. I'm going to let Rob get into this because he's, he's spoken very much on this issue and these tax returns. Yeah, you know, I don't know that we learned anything from the tax returns. I mean, I, I think he had an obligation to provide them for numerous reasons, including his own word that he would. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, substantively speaking, it, it doesn't really tell us anything. I mean, we know that he lost a lot of money because he's the king of the bankruptcy. I mean, he, he plans his businesses to declare bankrupt. No, no, no. It's a strategy. It's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's a strategy to, you know, to not pay your creditors, to not pay your debts. And he, he was classic for doing that. Anybody who was from the greater New York area that saw the news about you know doing business with Trump, if you were a subcontractor, you didn't do business with Trump unless you absolutely had to because he would notoriously in the middle of a project decide That's that, right. oh, I'm not paying you guys. And then he would dare you to sue him for the money he didn't pay you. And then he would outlast you with his team of lawyers and you couldn't afford the litigation and you would settle for the cheap. And so he did this throughout his career. And so bankruptcy is just a financial strategy on his part. It doesn't mean that his businesses you know, couldn't have succeeded. It was a way of, you know, the way that he arranged a lot of financing. And so, and remember, he also doesn't have a real business. He has a marketing system. You know, he puts his name on stuff. He doesn't actually make anything. It's right. a branding exercise. So if the underlying business doesn't do well, then his branding doesn't make any money for it, you know, doesn't do anything for it. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know that we learned much about it. I mean, it was his tax return. So we don't know what, 
you know, Don Jr. and Eric and, and Ivanka made because their taxes weren't part of this. And so the business taxes may have shown what the business made, but, you know, they're hiding money left, right and center. And so, you know, there's no basis necessarily, not publicly, not for Congress to get his children's tax returns. That would be part of a criminal probe, which I'm sure is ongoing between the various criminal investigations going on. Uh, but that won't be made public necessarily. But, you know, we know that his children made a mint off of him being in the White House from Ivanka's special licensing in China, which she only got because her father was president. And right. I don't think anybody's denied that. And Jared's multi-billion dollar loan from the Saudis because he worked in the White House. They didn't give it to him before he was in the White House. It was part of the, the dealings he had in the, you know, in the Middle East as part of his whatever job he, he had in the White House, that whatever title they gave him. And, uh, you know, and issues like that. And then, of course, Don Jr. and Eric were making a mint because we all know this was this is it, all this is public record. All of the uh, not just the corporations, but other countries who were staying in Trump properties in D.C. when they came to D.C. to do official business. And when they went other places around the world, they were staying in his properties at marked up rates. By the way, it was money laundering. It was money laundering. And they were making a fortune off of it. So, you know, that we knew separately from the tax returns. And so at the end of the day, the tax return shows that he didn't that he didn't give monies to charity and that he didn't pay very much in taxes. Maybe that's minorly embarrassing to him. The man has no shame. And, uh, you know, it's not going to make a dent in the MAGA people because they don't believe in paying taxes in the first place. Right. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're thrilled. They're thrilled. They think he's a genius. Yeah. Because look at look at this guy. The guy's, you know, has tons of money. I don't know if he's actually a billionaire or not. I know he likes people to think he is, but he's wealthy. We know that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't pay taxes on it. So, you know, shame on the system. Shame on him and mm -hmm. shame on his supporters. Anything you want to add on that, Ken? Well, a couple of things. Number one, I, I respectfully disagree. I think we I think Congress, if they wanted to, although they're not going to do it, would have the right to investigate and summons in both Ivanka's and Jared's and the kids' taxes because at one time or another, they were working out of the White House. And if they're working out of the White House, that means they're either government consultants or employees, which means the Congress can grab their taxes. I don't think we'd find anything else we don't know, so I don't think it's worth the time. Number two, we did find one interesting thing. Remember his whole thing about donating his salary to charity? We know that's now not true, but we figured that out all by ourselves. Right, right. Um, I also think the more important thing that's been going totally under the radar was, as many of you know, the president is supposed to have his taxes audited every year. Trump's handpicked IRS commissioner didn't do it, didn't do it uh, three out of the five years that we, we just found out about that. Again, I'm not so sure that's related to the release of the tax returns or not, but that is just something interesting that I found out, which is, by the way, a criminal offense. And the director of the IRS could be charged, and so could Trump, if we can establish that he directed that his taxes not be audited. That was actually the mechanism that Congress used to get access to his returns legally, because they had to be having a legitimate oversight investigation that would allow them to forcibly get his tax returns. And the investigation they opened was the failure of the IRS to audit the president's taxes as they're required to do on an annual basis. Their failure to do that allowed the uh, House Ways and Means Committee to open an investigation into that. I mean, it was a little bit pigeonholed, but 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 it was a real question anyway as to why that happened. And so they were able to get his tax returns to see why the IRS may or may not have done its job. So that was the mechanism. If they could connect that you know, to uh, Jared and Ivanka, then you know they would be able to. I don't know that they, you know, had some kind of violation of the same provision because it doesn't apply to them. So there would have to be a criminal probe to get theirs. I'm, look, it would be very easy to open a criminal probe into them because you have conflict of interest and violation of government ethics laws. But uh, unless you open up that probe, you couldn't do it. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. All you guys in the chat hanging out, if you got any questions for these guys, these guys are legal guys. These aren't just guys talking out their asses. Um, these guys know what they're talking about. This is the stuff. Um, R squared. Rob just wrote a, a nice new piece over at the corridor. You want to make sure to check him out. Nathan D. Young, Angel Robinson, what's going on? I see you guys in the chat. Let me move along here because Ken's going to be out of here at 8 o'clock tonight, so I want to fly along here. Um, breaking news. Republicans, two things. Republicans remove uh, move to retain the January 6th documents. Um, a lot of people are kind of trying to make a big deal out of this. They, 
really they're still going to be released to the public. They want them because they want them. And, and uh, Rob, can you explain this? Because you can probably put it better in layman's terms as to why they want it to be seen before it's released to the public, even though we already know what's coming. Yeah. First of all, you know, remember, they chose not to be part of this. And so therefore, they don't have a formal response to it, or at least not an informed one. Well, they're, they're, they don't care about being informed. But the, the, the no, I mean, they just don't, right? They make up whatever they want to. But the, the issue is with this normally, and this is something I don't agree with necessarily, but whenever there's a committee like this, you get the majority report by the party in mm -hmm. the majority and then the minority report. I don't agree with that practice. There should be one report. Now, granted, it should be fair to both sides. And, and the more that the sides can't do that, where they, they, they want to be dishonest in their findings or the not findings and, and what have you, then that, that's why we get into these things. That's not the way it's supposed to work. There should be one, one report that talks about the findings, the strengths, the weaknesses, the recommendations, all those things. There should be a Democratic uh, you know, report and a Republican report. That, that goes against the whole nature of this thing. But that's what this is about. They simply want to write the Republican report that they couldn't write because they chose not to be on the committee. Uh, the other thing is they don't want it going to the Senate because they're afraid that now that the House Select Committee is gone uh, because Republicans took over, they were afraid that they would give it to the Senate to wrap up any loose ends or, or to follow up on anything that may still arise uh, because the Democrats obviously control the Senate. And so the Republicans are trying to prevent that from happening. You want to add to that, Ken? Uh, no, Rob summed it up perfectly. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. What's the last thing in the legal booth here? This one here I know is going to piss Ken off. So if you guys remember the story about Tory Lane shooting Megan Thee Stallion, the rapper, um, Tory Lanez is the Canadian. He was found guilty on all counts, on all charges. Guilty. So it ends that debate that she was lying, this and that. One of the things that hung Tory Lanez, block your ears, Ken is a defense attorney, that got him crucified in court and found guilty on all counts, is due to the infamous phone call that I released that Tory Lanez made the night of his arrest from jail to the best friend of Megan Thee Stallion as she waited in the hospital and says, I'm sorry, I was effed up, I drank too much, I didn't mean to do this, I didn't mean to do that, what do we need to do for this? All while calling from jail. It's a recorded... Ken, go ahead. <laughs> okay. For all you would-be criminals out there, listen up. Don't talk on the phone. Don't talk through Facebook or any other social media. The internet is like an elephant. It never forgets. But he was in jail! Second. <laughs> Phones in police stations and jails are always recording. Are always recording. I've told the story before and I'll make I'll give you the I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Had a client one time yep. who, who was charged with a firearms offense. They couldn't find the firearm. And I went and told him, I said, look, we've got a court date coming up next month. If they don't produce the firearm by that court date, the charges have to be dismissed. Do not talk on the phone. They're all recording. That very same day, he calls his girlfriend and starts the conversation by saying, my lawyer told me not to talk on the phone because it's recorded. But this is what I want you to do. Go to my apartment. Go to my bed. There's a loose floorboard. Pick it up. The gun's over there. Go ahead and get rid of it. Counsel, we'd like to call the evidence in the trial. <laughs> and that's not the worst one. The worst one was I had a client one time who called the Plymouth Police Station and threatened to blow it up. Oh, I remember that story. That was I, my client. I, I remember that story. I remember the person. I remember who it was. I remember the story in the paper. And I sat there and I'm like, Now, the only good thing was he didn't call 911. He called the normal business line. So, again, people, we're talking about Tory Lanez calling Kelsey Harris from the jail the night of his arrest. I think it's great. 
<laughs> I, I see a smile, bro. Look, I think. I think there's nothing better than getting it off your chest. You know, you, you're, you're, you're in a cell. You should talk to your cellmate and just get it off your chest. You, you're talking to a nice detective. They just want to help you. Just, just tell them what happened. <laughs> I knew that would get Ken going. <laughs> He's tell friends. Post it on Facebook. No, I'll give you one more because I gotta get out. I'm, I'm, I'm on a clock here. I'll give you one more time. I had a client one time. Never forget this. Did a number of B and E's. Then held a party at his house and posted a video of him partying with all the stuff they stole. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Nothing to hide here. <laughs> it wasn't like they, they, it wasn't like jewelry they put on them and, they, and you saw a video of them holding the jewelry. Okay, maybe you forget you're wearing somebody else's jewelry. No, they put it out on the beds and hey, look at all the swag we got. <laughs> oh man! And then he probably by went the way, to the swag. <laughs> swag is an acronym, by the way, for stuff we all get. Yeah, it, and, like to know that. and he probably went to the studio and cut some drill rap about it later on too. <laughs> that's, a whole, Got arrested to do that. that's a whole other topic. Getting into the entertainment booth. Rest in peace, Fred White, the drummer for the Earth, Wind, and Fire band. Uh, he was a 16-year-old prodigy, and he joined the band in '74. Was with the band till the '80s. He is a legend in R&B and soul, um, 67 years old. Rest in peace to Fred White. Also, female rapper Gangsta Boo, who was the member of 3-6 Mafia. She was one of the strongest female members of 3-6 Mafia. She was found dead, 43 years old. Um, no one knows why or what yet. There hasn't been a release, so prayers up to her and her family. Uh, Avatar, Way of Water. I saw it this weekend with my stepson. It has crossed the $1.3 billion mark in its second week after taking home $87 million. Have you guys gone to see it yet? It's amazing. Three and a half hours of amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, it's interesting you said it was amazing. I had heard negative things about it so far. I, I'm talking about the, the CGI aspect. The story part of it is something I got to question. Not many movies made in, in history where we're the bad guys. We are, in Avatar, humans, we are the bad guys. The Marines, we're the bad guys. We're not good Starship Troopers. We're the bad guys. We're going to a planet to invade in Starship Troopers. It makes it seem like we're getting killed by these aliens and stuff, but no. Starship Troopers, we're going to take this planet over for our own reasons. We're we're the bad guys. Aliens. Guys, we're the bad guys. The military is the bad guys in these, in these movies. And I love how James Cameron puts this in there and no one says a thing about it. It's insane. It's crazy how we're the antagonist in this entire film. Ken, because you're a movie buff like me. Your thoughts yeah, on that? I, mean, I, I, well, I think you're oversimplifying it. I think one of the, uh, his genius is to show the fact that these war films aren't black and white, that we're not the good guys. We're not necessarily goose, except for, except for Starship Troopers. Leave that aside. I think all the movies, it's like a thousand shades of gray, mm -hmm. where every, we're, we're, you know, we're clearly they're colonizers, but, you know, the people there aren't exactly the most sweetheart people. Ask a lot of very morally ambiguous questions. Which is great. Don't misunderstand me. I think they are. But I agree with your point is we're, you know, we're not the white hats. There's no question. It's not the oversimplified John Wayne going, you know, charging in to save the day. Um, Starship Troopers was clearly analogous of, you know, right-wing fascism. But it was more like right-wing fascism against communism. So there were no good people. There was, you know, you had the radical right, you know, goose-stepping Casper Van Diem you know, guys versus the collective zombie-like communists. So, you know, you know, death by fire, death by water, choose your poison. Well, if, when you guys get a chance to see that, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I figured Rob would have gone to see it by now, Rob, down there. You had some time off, right? I, I thought you would have went to see it by now. 
Any plans? Uh, I haven't. I haven't had time to. I, I would like to see it. I would like to see a couple of things, but I, I haven't had time. So, uh, moving on. Let's see. Uh, comedian Russell Kane asked for people to stop asking him about the Idaho murderer, Brian Kristen Kohlberger. He says that he looks like him. His inbox is full. I'm sorry, Russell. I got to say, you don't look like him. I, I, I'm sorry. I was thinking Jake Gyllenhaal all the way. It, this is When I saw this killer from Idaho, I'm like, well, there's your movie. Jake Gyllenhaal. Cast it now. <laughs> cast, cast it now. Jake Gyllenhaal. What's going on, Jake Sykes? What's going on, Angela Pride? What's going on, Christopher Gaggy? Um, getting into the sports booth. And I want to get into these conversations. Rest in peace, Dick Flavin, day announcer for the Red Sox, passes away at 90, uh, 86. Also, rest in peace to Franco Harris. Immaculate reception. Penn State paid their tribute this weekend. 72 years old, 50 years, the immaculate reception. One of the best plays in, of all time. Me and Ken spent a lot of time talking about that also. Rest in peace to Ken Block, DC shoe founder. Uh, he died in a snowmobile accident. And we also lost Pele during the break. And I had to mention him as the soccer world morning here in Brockton. We lost our basketball coach, Vic Ortiz, 74 years old. Rest in peace to him. And then last night, the biggest scare of all people, you know, all three of us here, major football fans. We watch a lot of football. Rob's a big Giants fan down there. And, where he is, um, and, you know, last night we watched this big game. This game had huge playoff implications. It's first quarters winded down. It's a simple tackle. Simple tackle, good hit. Textbook wrap-up, drives him in, brings the runner down. He gets up and drops like a ton of bricks. And for me, I felt... Oh, my God, Reggie Lewis all over again. That was the first thing that went through my mind um, when DeMar Hamlin went down, cardiac arrest, EMTs on the field. They bring the AED out. This was a serious situation. So, you know, our prayers are going out. I'm going to let these guys talk real quick on their thoughts because this is going to change the NFL as we know it, people. Um, they're, they're not replaying this game yet. Um, they're just going to go with this week's slate of games and then this is going to be a one-time playoff game before the playoffs. So I'm going to let you guys talk real quick on this incident that happened last night live on Monday Night Football. It was just insane. Um, I'm going to start with Ken first. Uh, yeah, this was tragic, a tragedy. He's 24 years old, apparently had a heart attack on the field in front, of his, in front of his parents, of all people. They were actually at the stadium. They drove to the hospital with him in the ambulance. I can't imagine what's going through that. Uh, class act for all the players on both sides, both the Bills and the Bengals. And they came out and said, we're not continuing this game. Screw you, NFL. We're not continuing the game. One of our brothers is down. No one seems to know what happened. It could be one of those freak events that, you know, it, you know, he could have been walking down the street and had a heart attack vis-a-vis uh, -vis John Ritter. We don't know. I don't think it had, the hit was clean. There was nothing. There was no dirty play on that. Doesn't appear to be any drugs involved, at least none that I know of, at least from what people are saying. Just a tragedy. Ah, uh, Squid? Oh, oh, I thought you were done. No, no, that's it. I just, you know, again, just family. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's absolutely no evidence or reason to think that this was substance-related or that a heart condition or anything else, which means that it happened for another reason. And there is something, and I think I'm using the right term, called a heart punch. And there is a, if you hit somebody in exactly the right spot, at the right angle, in the right velocity, it stops the heart. That's why it's called a heart punch. And it's not something people should necessarily be trying to do. I mean, boxers probably do their best to avoid it, uh, even by accident. But there is such a thing that if, if you hit the body in exact, I mean, it, it's like perfect timing, yeah. but if you hit the body in exactly the right way, it can stop the heart. And that's what uh, is likely what happened last night, because if you look at it, everything was clean about it. It's a fluke, but the uh, T Higgins helmet looked like it hit him in the sternum, you know, when right, they collided yeah. all clean, all clean, nobody, cause obviously he was, you know, Hamlin was the one making the tackle. So it's exactly. not on Higgins at yeah. all, but 
if you look at the helmet, it's possible by an absolute fluke that that was a heart punch situation because, you know, he got up, but then the heart having stopped, the blood flow having stopped, that's why he instantly went down. He had enough blood flow to get up, but then the heart stopped. And so thankfully, of course, at the NFL, you've got all the medical personnel on the sidelines so that the right people came out there. And I think they, well, you know, they knew his heart stopped, but I think they understood what probably happened. And so he got great care on the field and then great care in the hospital. I think obviously, you know, your, your heart goes out when you see the players like that. Yeah. You know, we talk about rivalries, but at the end of the day, for the players, it's a brotherhood for the fans. It's a rivalry, right? But for right. the players, it's a brotherhood. They care about each other first for the most part. There may be, you know, a few instances of animosity, you know, but for the most part, they all care about each other, as, you know, as, as brothers in the game kind of a thing. And so, you know, there's also some, you know, I think people need to be careful. There's been some misinformation about the NFL. The NFL immediately suspended the game because normally when somebody's taken off the field, they warm up for a few minutes and the game resumes. I mean, that's the normal procedure. In this particular case, they were never going to resume the game. They suspended it immediately. And then because of the implications of this game, they had to take their time and figure out. Uh, you know, what is it that they want to do? So that took time. They were never they never told the players to warm up and they were going to resume the game. That was never going to happen. The question and the issue that the NFL took time on was, would they try to figure out how to reschedule it because of how important the game was and to the fans who, you know, who bought tickets? And then they decided within an hour that they couldn't do that. So, you know, so, you know, look, I'm sure they thought about it. Because that it's their obligation to consider all options to include starting the game, but they knew that you know that was never going to happen. And then there's really no way to squeeze it in because this is the last week of the season coming up, and there's just nothing you can do. So, uh, you know, I, I I don't think the NFL was doing anything sinister in this case. No, and I know Ken, you got to get out of here right at eight o'clock. You said so. Rob can just Rob, you yeah, can hang on with me and finish up, right? I'll, I'll wrap up with you. I mean, obviously, we need we need Ken for our substantive t- discussions, but I'll, I'll be happy to wrap up. Yeah, with Ken, you got you got time for a couple more? I got a, got a couple more. I got a couple more okay, minutes. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Brockton Rocks, first female player, Marika Lizik. She'll be here this year. Also, Brewers, Jake Bruce scores twice to give the Brewers a win at the Winter Classic on February. And the usual split, Patriots win. They split with the Dolphins. Once again, yawn. NFL announces Week 18 schedule. That's on pause. And UFC's Dana White. Here we go, people. Dana White slapped his wife in the nightclub in the VIP section. New Year's Eve. The video is everywhere. Now, all of a sudden, people are saying, well, his wife slapped him first. Doesn't mean he had the right to haul off and slap her like a man after she slapped him. And you train in MMA. So anybody who's coming with that whole... Well, she slapped them first and this and that. Don't, 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 don't bring that. Don't sit down. Don't bring that to me. He's Dana White. He trains in MMA. He has no right to turn around and slap his wife like a, like a, Ken, you, uh, you, 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 you disagree with that? No, I agree. Oh, okay. Look, I'm, I'm Jersey old school. You're a freaking man. If you can't take you can't take uh, a woman slapping you, turn in your man card and you know cut off your own balls. Yeah, because a lot of people out there they're, they're on this whole thing now. So actually, we might make it to the end of the show because uh, we're in Biden bombshells right now. Uh, Biden bombshells. Biden reinstates EPA rules that Trump had got away had had dealt away um, that covered the small waterways. Um, he reinstated those. Without those small waterways. The fish can't populate, which doesn't lead to the bigger areas to be fed by these smaller areas. Good job for Biden. But let's get into this. We might be able to close out the show before Ken has to get out of here. Uh, Kevin McCarthy rejected twice now for three Speaker times. of the House. Oh, three times? Bring yep, me up the speed. Bring me up the speed. <laughs> Same thing three times. Same Bring thing me up the times. speed. What, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going on here? This is what we talked about. The GOP is divided. This is an issue, correct? We'll let Ken go. So in yeah, case yeah. Well, let Ken. Yeah. Well, very simply, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Let's give some background. In order for you to be elected speaker, you have to have a majority of the entire House, which in this case is 218 votes. So the first person, uh, anybody who gets 218 votes, is declared speaker. Generally speaking, the majority party gets everybody in line. They they vote and they get the 218. 
Kevin McCarthy is having a huge problem with what Rob affectionately refers to as the R- Russia caucus, which I absolutely love. I'll give full credit to him. Uh, uh, and they and never mccarthy ice he lost 20 votes he could afford to lose up to five votes he lost 20 which means 20 people didn't vote for him which means he had around 203 i think it was rob 202 202 thank you so he's not speaker and they took three votes today they took two votes earlier today and then they took another vote right before the adjourned to noon tomorrow uh, he has given a lot of concessions to the radical right. It's still not enough. A lot of people are now saying that's one of the reasons why he lost so many other people. So you have these small collection of moderates who are saying, no, you've given the right to it, Potter. We're not voting for you anyway. So now he's gone from losing five to 20. There are now some talk about being a compromised candidate from the Republican side. McCarthy will step aside, although he said no, he doesn't want to do it. He's actually moved into the speaker's office right now and doesn't want to leave. This is absolute chaos, because remember, one of the most important things is they literally can't do anything until they get a speaker. They can't give out committee assignments. They can't assign committee chairs. They can't establish rules for the House. They can't authorize investigations. They literally have paralyzed the House until the Republicans get together and get to get a speaker. This is absolute I mean, we talked about this, Rob, and I talked about this since when we talked about this with you. I remember that we had this special election night coverage. So we, we all said this, that we all, you know, congratulations, Kevin McCarthy's gone and got the worst job in Washington. He's going to be Speaker of this House. Well, congratulations. Reap what you've sown. You let these crazies into the party, and now they're running the show, and now they can't control them. And, and Rob and I have been saying this for months. Well, you know, what do you expect? Mm, mm, mm. And with that, gentlemen, I've got to sign off. I do. Well, we, we, we can, we can close questions. out because that was our last topic of the night. So okay. we can actually close out the show. Um, Rob, anything okay. you want to add to that? Rob, was there anything you want to add to that? Well, I would say this. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, when, when you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene becomes one of the most powerful people in the house because Kevin McCarthy did everything wrong. We know that we're in for a disastrous couple of you have is the concessions that he made and was prepared to continue to make, if that's what it comes to, are incredibly dangerous for our government and the American people. For example, they're doing away with the House Ethics Committee. Well, they're not doing away with it, but they're not letting them investigate anybody. And so they're basically doing away with it, meaning that if somebody is committing ethical violations, conflicts of interest, misuse of whatever, uh, they can't investigate it. So that that obviously is a mistake. We've had that committee for a long time, and it's a nonpartisan committee, and they do important work. And you, you can't even consider doing away with that. Then they've also have the establishment of a select committee on the uh, weaponization of the DOJ and FBI. There's absolutely no basis for such a thing. It is simply to discredit the FBI and the DOJ, so that when they continue with the prosecutions related to January 6, related to the uh, election stealing and, and everything else, uh, that they can't get a jury to trust the evidence. This is all politically motivated, has nothing to do with the actual FBI or the Department of Justice. It has to do with protecting uh, their fearless leader and, uh, and others from prosecution. And so this is this is an absolute abuse of power that can happen. And so, you know, there are about four or five other things that he agreed to, the vast majority of which would be an abomination. And so if this is what he's willing to do to go be to to be speaker, uh, then then the American people should be disgusted that that's what our government has come to. Mm, mm, mm. So we'll keep you guys updated. Um, there's not much left. This is that was it on the show. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show, buying the hats and things of that sort. Thanks for everybody who purchased the beanies. Check out Draft in the Circuits, Oscar Mike Radio Talk Back with Gloria Shea. She talks football podcast and Maddie C's tonight. Maddie C's got an episode tonight. Want to make sure to check him out at eight thirty. Um, guys, I'm going to let you guys say goodbyes before we sign out of here. I'm going to let Rob go first. Hey, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Great to be on to begin 2023. And uh, Ken? Happy New Year. Be safe. Be prosperous. I want to thank all of our listeners, all 12 of them. And we'll see you next month. And I apologize for what went on earlier in the show, um, but I know what happened. I figured it out, and I know exactly what's going on. 
and I'm going to be working on this so it won't happen next week, but I know exactly what happened. So, SpongeBob, I got to get my ass to work on this because I know what I did wrong. Please, SpongeBob, take us home. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I make this shit on repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, and y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing because I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. It's like I'm my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fuss and fighting. Guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T